The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to A Came From The Radio, the official Libre Gabacon. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. We are here live in front of a virtual audience for our 57th live show, courtesy of the East Metal Public Library. That's www.eastmetal.info. And I am here with none other than L-Man Jenny Felby. Good evening. And we have our special guest who we're going to be talking to, with, and about. We have none other than owner and CEO of Raging Two Services and Promotions, LLC. Nita Lanny. Hi. <laughs> and we have a guest co-host, guest. <laughs> emotional, is, emotional support animal. <laughs> yeah. Mm. She's a friend of the show and a comic book creator in her own right and a comic book publisher, uh, Daphne Lange. <laughs> Hello. So we're going to be talking to us and about Nita and Daphne will join in as she feels fit. Yeah. <laughs> because it's awesome because they're here, which makes our lives so much easier. <laughs> But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of Sci-Fi.Radio. That's Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as, the, as well as the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, which are the official radio show of celebrating over 25, six years of comic book, now, comic book stuff and pop culture. Nest. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention is scheduled for December, all the way in December. 17th is their Big Apple Christmas Con. Tickets are actually on sale right now. You want to get your tickets in super early. And I want to give a shout out to our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Brill, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yasmin Ray, and Rosa. You want to have your own little shout-out? Go to our website, www.camefrayer.com. There's a little button on there that takes you right to our Patreon page, and you can support us for just $1 a month and get a shout-out on our show. As always, we start off with the sad news, and we only have one bit of sad news for this week. Yeah. So, Yay! Are you celebrating the fact that we have sad news, or the fact that we only have one bit of sad news? The the less the better. One bit is great. It's okay. always a struggle for me every time. <laughs> so, uh, sad news: artist Ken W. Kelly died recently. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And as of this recording, which is June the eighth of twenty twenty two, no cause of death has been announced. In his over fifty year career, Ken was perhaps best known for his Frank Frenzetta inspired work with amazing fantasy covers on heavy metal albums such as Kiss and Manowar, as well as cover art on creepy and eerie magazines published by Warren Publishing. Of note, Ken was the nephew of Frank Franzetta's wife, Eleanor. So early in his career, he was able to study the paintings up close and personally in the studio. Um, I actually got to meet uh, Ken at a con, and I think our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, interviewed him. Um, very nice guy, talented individual. It was his work is amazing if you see it in uh, printed form. But if you see it up close, it's even more amazing. Um, L Man Jenny Philly, are you familiar with uh, Ken Kelly's work? Uh, Kiss covers, any of that stuff? We, um, we, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, because no. I'm just remembering like being sitting across from his booth twice at <laughs> Eternal Con. <laughs> Did you actually get a chance to go over and talk to him? Oh uh, no, not really. But I, uh, I one memory that really stands out is that some guy was goofing around with a guitar and uh, was trying to like sing in the middle of an aisle and next to his table and ken kelly actually reached over and he goes no and grabbed the neck of the guitar and told the guys that you are not singing here (laughs) wow was it was it nice singing was it pleasant no that no that that was the problem like the guy had you know it's like he was doing like this goofball screechy voice singing that was just like he thought it was funny but nobody else did you know Mm. so that's like that's like my main memory (laughs) i wonder if his voice was lower and more calming maybe it would have passed because i can't do screechy sounds i started getting crazy and yeah it's you know what nobody in the aisle blamed him let's just say that (laughs) yeah you did a service you know it's Uh good that some people can't speak up so that's pretty cool (laughs) he spoke up for himself i'm actually looking at one of his artworks diablo it reminds me of Daphne's art. I hope you take Ooh. it a good way. No, yeah, it's it's, it's Ken Kelly. It's like, yeah, I spent, like I said, I spent like two conventions just spending the entire weekend staring at his artwork. I think at the Eternal Con one, he had the original to the Kiss paint, uh, to the, the Kiss album on display. So it's like, I got to see that all all uh, all weekend. What about you, Nita? Are you familiar with Ken's work? Were you a fan? Uh, vaguely, like vaguely, uh, yeah. Just, I, I know the album covers right yeah it, it's it's those things where it's like you know it when you see it right. that's like oh yeah I've seen, you know it's kind of like when you've never seen like roger dean's work before or uh you know it's like like you, you say oh yeah i've seen that all the time and you just didn't know who it was yeah yeah so he was a spry 76 years old um so that's it for the sad news we move on to the not as sad news thank god from the scream no more department None other than actress Nev Campbell has announced that she will not be reprising her role as Sidney Prescott in the next Scream sequel, which is part six, for those of you keeping count. Uh, (laughs) Nev says, as a woman, I have to work extremely hard in my career to establish my value, especially when it comes to Scream. I felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value I have brought to the franchise. It has been a very difficult decision to move on. To all my screen fans, I love you. You've always been so incredibly supportive to me, and I'm forever grateful for you to what this franchise has given me for over the past 25 years. Um, this goes back to our discussion that we had recently about active voice John DiMaggio and his quote-unquote holding out on returning to the new Futurama series on Hulu. Um, do you think that, A, the studio should just pay whatever the, the talent wants because they are what made the franchise, or B, do you feel that the talent has an obligation to the fans to show up no matter what price they want to give? Um, let's start with uh, Nita. What do you think of that? I'm kind of somewhere in the middle with that. Like, I, I, I don't think that, uh, I think some of these people will really overvalue themselves. And then I think it does a disservice to the fandom when they don't. So so what's your, what's your let's say, what's your favorite property? What's your favorite TV show? Just throw it out there. Uh, I'm not a big TV person. Favorite movie. <laughs> favorite movie. Uh, my favorite movie right now would be the Dark Crystal, even still to this day. Okay, perfect. They're actually making, they're talking about, I don't know if they're talking about it, or they're actually going to make a, a new Dark Crystal movie. And let's say, um, 
Jeez, who was it? name? Throw out any actor who was in that movie. Well, Mark Hamill played a. Oh, he he played the sci the the scientist. I forgot his. I forgot the title. Okay, perfect. So right. Mark so Hamill. Mark Hamill. So let's say Mark Hamill wants a billion dollars because he's now Mark Hamill. Like I said, overpriced themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Would you be like, hey, Mark, take a pay cut to be in this movie? But if the studio's like, well, we'll give you ten dollars, you you should be in the in the movie for the fans. You already have a billion dollars. You got Star Wars money. It's it's an interesting gray uh, thing. What would you would you support the the project if they, if that had happened? I'm I'm still conflicted, man. I mean, <laughs> I don't think a scenario is going to change that because I only recently have I started uh, gra- um, understanding that my time is valuable, mm-hmm. and uh, that's partially thanks to Daphne. And so, yeah, every you have to place a value on your time and your talent and what you do 10 bucks nah bro <laughs> <laughs> all right um oh man jenny Feldy, as an actress this actually goes right down your uh, barrel uh wheelbarrow mm-hmm. do you find that you have a an obligation to the fans to take lower money than what you feel you're worth or should the studios because you're the one that helped create this property in the first place to give them all this money should charge more and be paid for what you're worth well i've never thought of you know, having an obligation to fans as far as performing goes, but I feel like getting back to people, responding to comments. Um, well, here's, okay. I'd like to know what the offer was that was too low so we could see yeah. what makes sense. It, what's too low for her? What's too high for the studio? That's a really big detail that I, I would need to know. But I will tell you, I shot film on Monday and it's like Sunday's all day prep, Monday's shooting, Tuesday's podcast and recovering and I'm still kind of tired today so that's kind of like three and a half days was a wash just from like a one-day shoot of one eighth of the movie and then I'm shooting again on Saturday so shooting movies takes over your life so if she has a personal life which is very hard to have a personal life that's what you're getting paid for you know basically skimping on not seeing family and friends and these people are going to die and you're going to be out shooting movies. That really is the cost. You're sacrificing quality time. So what's it worth? That's the way I see it. And joining us uh, is our very own Dominic Definish Mantrano. Hello, everybody. Hello. So Hi. do you have a thought on uh, Sydney Prescott uh, in stream or yes, no? Did you hear that bit of news or were you just joining us as we were uh, talking? I was just about? joining us. What's, what's the bit of news? Sydney's not coming back. She doesn't like to pay him out, basically. Yes, basically, that's it. Scream 6, Nev Campbell is not coming in. So of note, the last Scream movie pulled in $81 million in domestic box office against a $24 million budget. Uh, Scream 6, in the next installment, is scheduled to open uh, March 31st of 2023 with spoilers, will have the four survivors of the previous film's killings leaving Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter. Um, I saw the screen movie. I thought it was all right. It was nice having the original cast back. I think they they did that balance like Cobra Kai does, which, you know, honor the originals, have the new people in there. Um, I think it's sad, and I hope that they, you know, still enough time for them to make changes to negotiation. So basically, um, Nev Campbell is not coming back because she wants more money? That's or yeah. the studio doesn't want to pay them enough. You never really know. You never either know. or, either or. She was really good in Lincoln Lawyer. There you go. See, so she has another job. So there you go. Screw screen. <laughs> She's a good actress. She'll get other work. You know. So moving on from moving on. the that's a lot of nuts department. 
I'm glad I didn't miss that department. <laughs> the new Top Gun sequel has held on to the number one spot in domestic box office, pulling in an additional record-breaking $90 million in ticket sales in its second week of release. So now, in addition to it being the biggest Memorial Day weekend ever, beating out Pirates of the Caribbean Part 3 at $139 million way back in 2007, and being Tom Cruise's biggest opening ever, followed by War of the Worlds remake at $64 million, also way back in 2005, it now has the biggest second weekend gross, which means the lowest drop-off of any big-budget film, beating out Shrek Part 2 way back in 2004. Uh, so for those of you keeping track, the new Doctor Strange film is still the highest-grossing film of 2022 this year, with $389 million, followed by The Batman with $369.3 million. Top Gun in its second week is ready at number three. That's pretty good. Did anybody see Top Gun? Let's start with that. Any Top Gun watchers? Okay. Not me. Well, then um, how are they making all the money if we're not going? <laughs> obviously, obviously, everybody else is going but us. We're, we're the oh. non-people going to this movie. Um, I think it's crazy how we're still in a pandemic, by the way. People forget. But this is... Are record- we? Not? No, no. Fauci said it's, it, he ended it. We're oh, not in okay. a pandemic. Fauci so, declared that a couple of weeks ago. So that's it's officially why. over now. And, and whatever <laughs> Fauci says is probably the truth. So, so that's why this Fauci is making is all the, the money. <laughs> Fauci is the science. He said so, he is the science. Mm-hmm. So that's why this movie is making all the money. Because, oh, all right, so pandemic is over. Everybody goes mm-hmm. see Top Gun, record-breaking mm-hmm. film. Um, and Val Kilmer is in it, apparently. So it, apparently yes. so, yes. Um, I think, well, I mean, it's, it's already at number three. <laughs> I think it'll easily be the highest grossing movie of this year. And I wonder what's going to be the movie to knock it off or if it will get knocked off. I'll um, tell you what I'd like well, to knock it off. It says gross, it grossed all this money. Les Grossman, another Tom Cruise movie is going to be shooting soon. That's exciting. Les Grossman, the agent from Tropic Thunder, getting his own movie. That. I did not know. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a wow. good chance that Thor, Love and Thunder might do it. I don't see it. I just, I don't see it. So let's see. So speaking of Top Gun. Are there any other like sequels that people are waiting 30 years to see? Mm. Um, Mm. Not that I can think of. Goonies? They've been talking. That would be kind of cool. (laughs) That's pretty cool. And what's his name? Um, um, uh, Short Round. He actually is now uh, a name because of that movie. He was in um, Everything All at Once uh, with uh, Michelle Yeoh. He played the male lead. So now he's a hot property. So they might now thing about bringing back Goonies with him in it because and he'll wow. want too much money right <laughs> yes exactly he'll want too much money <laughs> um so yeah. speaking of Top Gun from the where there is money a lawsuit is sure to follow department oh, oh it's gonna be a lawsuit Paramount is being sued for distributing the new Top Gun sequel without the legal authority to do so for those of you who not who may not be aware the original Top Gun film was based on a 1983 article in California magazine titled Top Guns with an S. The article's author, who died in 2012, his widow and his son uh, filed a notice in 2018 reclaiming, reclaiming the copyright to the story, which took effect in 2020. So here's where the tricky part comes in. The sequel was originally due out in 2020. Which obviously is fine because you know the copyright ends in 2020. Mm-hmm. But due to the... Uh, now, pandemic. past pandemic, actual filming was delayed until May of 2021, which means that, according to the lawyers, Paramount no longer holds the copyright to the magazine story. And, quote, distributed Top Gun Maverick without obtaining a new license to the underlying material. 
Uh, the lawsuit seeks damages as well as an injunction that would bar Paramount from distributing the film. Nita, do you think that they have a leg to stand on in this lawsuit? Man, you know how it goes with the legal stuff. Everybody's got a leg to stand on for anything, whether it's bizarre or not. But you know, just... <laughs> so, do you think that uh, that uh, well, first of all, if if the if it holds true, just imagine how much money they have. They're, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I I severely doubt that it's going to go to court. I think they're just going to um, settle out of court. Yeah, personally. They'll, they'll end up settling. There's, it's not worth their time. But it's a matter of how much is the settling going to be? Uh, oh, man, Jenny Feldy. <laughs> what I do just, you think of this? Well, the original Top Gun was based on an article <clears throat> in California Magazine. <clears throat> Correct. I mean, a whole movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't so, know. This is very interesting. So, so, the, so what about people that have, like, parody characters and personalities based on, like, uh, Britney Spears or something? Parody is different. Parody goes under the... the uh, you can do that because... Um, What's the, what's the greatest parody? Al Weird Al Yankovic. He uh-huh. did okay. not ever have to go out to uh, approach any of the artists to make a parody song, but he always did because Weird Al Yankovic is like the top-notch guy. Uh-huh. And there's That's a story true. that goes around that um, he had asked uh, Coolio to do mm-hmm. uh, Amish Paradise. Uh-huh. And he, Weird Al Yankovic said that he thought he got permission from the agents or whatever, but Coolio said he did not get permission and he better stay away from me. So Weird Al Yankovic's response to that, I'm definitely going to stay away from Coolio. Oh, I thought they did he, patch that up, though. Maybe. But, this but did is, he do the parody? He did. It was yeah. Amish yeah. Paradise. Yeah. Paradise. His, but no, no legal problems. Though. Right, because this parody, it's, it's fair and free use as a parody. Well, so we can make, Top Gun uh, maybe should be a parody, then. It is. Actually, um, yeah. um, reminds shots. me of um, two things. So number one is that there is a um, Mystery Incorporated... Uh, crowdfunding tv series that they're trying to make the first episode was funded and it was pretty darn good but it was like more of a dark a dark type of a scooby-doo type thing and they had like a dog it's like live action and yeah. i sent them a message i was like you know this is really good but how are you able to skirt the legal issues and they replied we call it a parody oh so this is good. They're, they're allowed to do it as a quote-unquote parody even though it was dead serious it was super dead serious and very dark but they can call it a parody does a parody immediately mean it has to be funny? I don't know. Right. Well, I guess I being know. something funny is a, is open to interpretation. Right. Hmm, that's kind of the theme of the day. Satire and parody now. <laughs> and, there, and there was this other thing that reminded me, um, um, pre-pandemic, there was this guy running. Um, he was Run Tom Run, I think was his website. So it was a Tom Cruise lookalike who was quote unquote running for president where he was literally running because that's one of Tom Cruise's thing is to run in all his movies. So he was running for president and he was as a parody. So that was, that was the joke. You can, you're, you're perfectly mm. free and free, free and clear to use parodies. Um, so let's see. It is. I, I think it's very interesting and we'll find out what happens. God, I don't right, know. So moving on. Um, let's do this one from the, the merchandising spoils the show department. Much like with Star Wars and Avengers Endgame and really any toy-related film before it, Netflix's Stranger Things Season 4 has been spoiled by, of all things, a Monopoly game based on a series. Turns out that the images from the board game's cards have found their way online and spoil major plot points in the new episodes that have yet to be aired. What makes this extra interesting is that while Netflix wasn't happy about the mishap, the show's creators, the Duffer Brothers, according to reports, weren't even consulted about the game at all. 
Okay, that's a little problematic. Yeah, that's yeah, that's an issue. So, Nina, if you had a property that you made and you had a deal with Netflix, you know, the and you have you know, secrets and spoilers, and a game that you didn't even know about comes out that ruins the, the surprise, how mad would you? I, I, be? Oh, I would. That that's annoying. That that that's a problem. That's that's a problem. Are you so annoyed that you're going to bring a lawsuit, or you just just you're just going to stew in your money that you're making off of the deal? It, it, uh, <laughs> per, I would not, but I would not be upset with someone who did. Ah, so what is it? Um, I don't condone it, but I understand. <laughs> or it, yeah, yeah, I I I, I would understand. I, I would understand. It, it's not it's not my bag. I'm, I would just be like, oh, that sucks, you know. But uh. Yeah, no. I hate spoilers. What about you, Daphne? You've you've had properties and you've uh, had stuff. So if you got, uh, if you had your multi-million-dollar contract with Netflix, as actually we were talking about this, oh, uh, right? Yes, off, yeah. Yeah. So if somebody made a game, a Monopoly game, based on your property and spoiled things about your comic, if, how mad would you be? I, I would be very mad. Because it's like, uh, I guess, kind of dovetailing with, with the story from the beginning. Um, you know who never not makes money? It, it's the executives. You know, they never seem to have to take a pay cut. They never seem to have to lower their salary requirements, no matter the property. But everybody else around them seems to have to, it, it seems to, have to do it. So, uh, yeah, I, I say sue everybody. <laughs> To sue everybody, ask for all the money. <laughs> Dominic, do you, do you join in on that? Yeah, when in doubt, sue people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm not it, litigious. Yeah, it never not works. <laughs> what about you, Jen? Uh, this just sounds crazy. So uh, Top Gun's based on an article. You're still, oh, you're still on Top Gun? <laughs> yeah, well, those, here it is. Here's right, the thing. Right, Top Gun's based on an article, which takes how long? Maybe a day or a couple hours to put together. But you have a whole series, which takes people's blood, sweat, and tears and so much sacrifice. And then someone made a Monopoly game profiting uh, without – I mean, don't you think uh, the series should sue? I mean, Well, it, obviously, Netflix uh, let them make the Monopoly game because they're – because remember, the where's the money at? Merchandise. Oh, so, oh, so it's through Netflix. So that's, Netflix that's what gave them permission, said, but not yeah, the show said, creators. Correct. And Netflix yeah, is like, but yeah, the show you know, creators we, are we the show money. creators. Make make the make the make the property, make the game, go forth. But they did not know that the game was going to have spoilerific cards. But forget even spoilers. Oh. If, if I create a show and then sell it to a streaming platform, and then right. there's ga- games and merchandise made without consulting me, the maker. Yeah then the streaming platform is is exploitative. Well, yeah. That's what I was about saying. Beyond exploitative. <laughs> I mean, that, that's why I, this type of stuff is why I like to distribute things myself. And people say, why won't you publish your book? It's like, because I want people to get it from me. I don't want a third party involved at all. I don't want anyone producing my show. I want to do everything myself. Yeah. All right, fair enough. So I heard there's going to be massive spoilers in uh, the Sandman series coming up in Netflix. Apparently, there were these ten comic books you can read and tell you the entire story ahead of time. <laughs> really? And yeah. That, what? A, what a concept! I know it's massive spoiler right there. Uh, all right, so moving on for the last bit of news. You sure? Uh, <laughs> yes. From the. Fine. I'll do it myself. Department. In Don't speak. We gotta let the editor insert the clip. 
In Canada, mm-hmm. on January 31st of this year, 2022, a storage facility unit belonging to John Roma was burglarized, and the culprit stole more than $10,000 worth of comic books. After the break-in, John checked out local comic book stores, pawn shops, and, score- and scoured the internet in search of his stolen property. Later in February, John sold what he believed to be one of his comics listed for sale on Facebook Marketplace, of all places. John says, my collection is something I worked very long to build and something I was very proud of. When I got the news that my story unit was broken into, I was devastated to hear this. As a collector, you become aware of what's yours. You look for markings, something I know was mine. And sure enough, there was a posting of comic books for sale, and I knew one of these books was mine because it had particular markings on the title of the book. Uh, John then posed as a potential buyer, arranged to meet with the seller at a local coffee shop, inspected the book, took a photo of the car and a license plate, and called the cops. John says, then I greeted them at the door. I asked them, how would you like to handle this? And you can see by the expression on their faces, they thought they were going to get money. They were both shocked, and I was shaking, shaking in anger because I was ready for a duel with the guy if he began any trouble. Uh, the culprits were subsequently arrested, found guilty, and sentenced to 120 days in jail without any incident. Uh, John says, is 120 days in jail enough? No, it's not. Well, I don't know the law, and I have to be happy that he is being punished. I had to find some peace in that. Uh, the police says, members of the public who locate their stolen items for sale on an online sales site should be contacting the police to report finding them as they should be placing themselves in danger by meeting a suspect and or more so by confronting them about the crime. Hell man, Jenny Feldy, what do you think about this man taking his, uh, his uh, matters into his own hand to get his books back? Uh, he reminds me of an ex-boyfriend who him and his dad found a burglar in their house in Nicaragua, and they hogtied them by themselves, put them in a pickup truck, drove them to the police station, handled it themselves. And I was like, wow, it's very DIY in Nicaragua. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, if you have the ability to take care of things, I don't really like outsourcing, as I just said before. <laughs> yeah, do it yourself. And if you if you screw me over... I'm going to handle it myself with my people because that's who I trust. I don't even trust my people. I trust myself. So, yeah, I'm probably not going to call the cops if anyone screws me over. It's going to be handled properly. So good job. Yeah. All right, Nita, what about you? Somebody steals, somebody breaks into your uh, little studio right there. Yeah, dude. Takes everything. (laughs) Yes, because if the idiot is dumb enough to post it on Facebook Marketplace, I'm sure I can take them down. (laughs) (laughs) Like, seriously. When I was a kid, my bike was stolen. And we found a classified ad that described a bike that sounded very similar to mine. I wanted to go check it out. My mom didn't. Uh, she was like, let it go, yada, yada. We called the police department and whatnot. Uh, they they uh, they came out and took a report or whatever, but they weren't out actively looking for my bike. And when you're a kid, your bike is everything to you. So I pretended to be sick and found my way to the guy's house the next school day. <laughs> And uh, just got my, I got on my freaking bike myself and rode my bike home. (laughs) You you stole back your bike. I stole back my bike. (laughs) (laughs) What about you there, Dominic? What what are your thoughts on this? Well, it's funny because I just heard an interview with Ben Stiller on uh, Howard Stern, and he was had a very similar experience happen to him when he was a child. 
that someone stole his bike and his dad, Jerry Stiller, best known from, from Seinfeld. And he was apparently a very, very nice guy. And he goes and he's all in a huff and he's going to go find this kid. And he, he was, he found the kid and to get the bike back. And then he actually saw the kid's living conditions and he left and he said, we'll buy you a new bike. The kid needs it more than you. Wow. Wow. Daphne, you want to throw out the final uh, word on this before we take our break? Well, uh, I mean, I was just surprised that uh, the relatives in Nicaragua actually bothered. (laughs) (laughs) The truth is, a lot of things in Nicaragua are done like do it yourself. So I'm not very. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that they took him to the police station and that disappeared. The guy. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) They were civilized, you know, Harvard educated, you know, so. I've heard a yeah. lot of like justice stories out of the right. uh, South America that doesn't. Yeah, exactly. With yeah. the police, yeah. Yeah, because so I, I, I have family in Brazil, and it's like, yeah, we kind of yeah. handle things a little bit different. It, it usually <laughs> ends with frantic immigration to the United States to stay away from other people. So, what would your family in Brazil do to this this guy who had his books to? book stolen? The, the the thief of the books. Well, one the first. Did? Well, well, it's like the the. The thing, the first thing that came to mind when um, I heard when, when he said the story is, well, if the books are in a storage unit, they weren't that precious. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the same. How can you trust a storage unit? Right. It's mm-hmm. it's like it. You know, it's like unless it's like the dude is like living in a shoebox or something. That's what I'm like, thinking. Because I, I've, you know, it's like, look, you watch Hoarders, <laughs> you watch enough of those shows, and, and you learn what people buy storage units for. And it's just usually a place to store garbage. No, I know people that, that, that pay good money to store comics because their wives, their girlfriends don't let them right. keep long boxes in their house and they pay for, you know, the... the right climate controlled environment and whatnot right. not just the That's regular true. i like yeah, how you true. say they're wise and girlfriends yeah what why about can't the husband the, why can't, Look, yeah, guillermo, why can't the men guillermo, no guillermo del toro his wife told him you have to buy you have to get your stuff your collection <laughs> elsewhere and he bought a whole new house what? just for his fantasy and and horror artwork wow. collection but even if he had a dumpster in his yard and that's what he was storing <laughs> his comic books but let's let's be real how much are the police going to investigate some stolen comic books that's that something he really did have to take into his own hands right. well you see that's that's mm. the thing that didn't surprise me because he would have never have got those guys would have never have been caught never if he didn't do the legwork exactly um as someone who's had situations dealing with police officers for a chronic issue um yeah the getting them to do anything is really hard mm-hmm. <laughs> you know That's true. Mm-hmm. so uh the fact that yeah it's like yeah they were yeah the cops were upset at him because yeah he could have accidentally escalated a situation that they weren't interested in dealing with in the first place right right (laughs) but you know since they had since he did all the legwork all they had to do was finish the job so right all right uh you know it's 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 uh you know i I don't know it's a lot going on in that story (laughs) more often than not most crimes are investigatable and even solvable it's just a question of wanting to allocate resources right and if, if you're going to tell the public yes we spent ten thousand you know ten man hours <laughs> on finding a guy's comic book collection 
pretty much no one will be happy with that. Really? <laughs> except for the guys. Except, except for that no one way. guy. You know? You know, so, so, and I also like how Mark's like, well, what do you mean? A, why is it always a woman throwing the guy's <laughs> comics out? Why can't a woman have, like, a woman can have comics, Mark, but she's going to value her comics over his comics. Exactly. So make him throw his comics into somewhere else. So that's just how it goes. That's it for the news. (laughs) So with that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hi, this is Ellen Dubin, star of Lex, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Keep listening. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to A Game From The Radio, the official eBay Gabblecon. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking for our 57th live show, courtesy of the East Metal Public Library, located in East Metal, New York, um, where they have tons and tons of free programming of all different shapes and sizes. Make sure you guys go check it out, one of which is our show, at www.eastmetal.info. And I am here with Fishy Sarcasm's Dominic Definition Man, Toronto. Hello, hey. everybody. We're here with Elman and Jenny Feldy. Good evening. And we have our special guest we're talking to with and about, which is uh, Nita Lang. Hi. And her guest is uh, Daphne Lage. Yeah, my, uh, she, I'm her uh, emotional support cartoonist. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just uh, so bougie. You got a writer. It's like, yeah. I need a whole person here. Yeah. That's her entourage. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. It's important mm-hmm. to have a writer die. Yeah, I'm, I'm her hype man. <laughs> I like it. And, and you hype up other people, and you are a promotional specialist, according right. to LinkedIn. And as a promotional specialist, you need someone to help you promote yourself. Makes sense. Like all therapists need a therapist, all trainers need a trainer. Well, everyone knows all therapists are crazy. <laughs> well, it's it, 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 yeah. Is there any it's human insane. who's not crazy? I don't know. I, I'm pretty sane. That's why I'm boring. Hmm. Hmm. So, Nita, I guess the, the most important question is, um, as owner and CEO of Raging 2 Services and Promotions, LLC, I love that, LLC is in there, what was Raging 1, and how did you wind up being in charge of Raging 2? That was a question of mine. Oh, well, Jenny um, Feldy, do you have a question for Nita? No, no, I'm just agreeing with you. Go on. <laughs> Raging started as, a prom- uh, back in the day, I met uh, Meredith Lagren, uh and we hit it off pretty good. She's a, a creative and a big promoter for uh, independence period, be it comic books, uh, movies, uh, prose writing, whatever. And uh, one thing we learned is that a lot of these creative types, while they have some amazing products, they don't know how to get themselves out there. Or they're too busy creating that they don't have the time to market themselves like they should or, or need to to get more eyes on their project. And so after a whole debacle of Meredith tricking me into getting on camera <laughs> and getting comfortable, which is still not my thing, um, we started uh, a vlog called Raging versus Asian and the Cajun. And uh, a lot of people didn't like that but, uh, <laughs> because I was the Cajun and she was the Asian. And we, and not only did we do promotional stuff, we did stupid stunts like eating um, 
the 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 uh, Carolina Reaper peppers. Who won? Were, I, I did. Okay. I did hands down. I ate six of those suckers, man. I regretted it That's for impressive. four days after, but I put them down. And the last one I ate, I'd already beat her by one. The last one I ate, just because I I was so I had so much adrenaline going through me, I was just like, and watch this. <laughs> um, and so we we started getting like a small following but it was the regular people showing up and they were engaging us in the chat and stuff and then one by one people started coming to us and you know like uh they like hey can we talk about my crowdfund and whatever and it just kind of it kind of grew from that and then god it's it and meredith uh passed away in february after uh uh, only two weeks of being diagnosed and having breast cancer. Oh. And so it was kind of like, okay, so what do I do now? And it was just kind of, I'm like, okay, well, nobody cares who I am by myself because it was, it was us and nobody, you, you, nah. where do you go? We it, care. You know, well, thank you. <laughs> nobody like, cares but, about you by yourself. What? <laughs> But that's just my thing. I don't know. I'm just, I, I have anxiety issues and stuff okay. like that. Well, this oh, woman over here happened to uh, be in the chat with me. Not only were we in a stream yard when I got the phone call from Meredith's husband to let me know that she had passed away. Uh, but it was like immediately, like uh, my whole world just was like, I don't know. My, my, exi- I don't want to say I based my existence on Meredith, but my existence was with Meredith you know what I mean you had such and a strong it was like connection. I had yeah I had it was like everything just just all the threads just 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 fell apart and Daphne was like right there like from go like I got you and I'm been so <laughs> and so um after after I got back from Florida and I got all of our client information and all the YouTube information in the stream yard and everything from Meredith's home computer came back and uh, Daphne and I talked and we t- we rebranded to make it something different because I mean the Asian versus Cajuns are gone that's yeah. done so what do you do that you got to rebrand everything but still do it with honor because it was Meredith who helped start it you know mm. anytime you want to talk Daphne talk you're doing fine. You're doing yeah, fine. You're doing fine. You're, you're no, doing fine. I'm just, just here to be visually supportive. You're oh doing gosh. fine. You um, could have kept it Asian if Daphne dressed up. You know, <laughs> that would be a completely different show. I saw what I was saying. Like, listen, I don't want to make any changes. I don't like change. You're Asian. I don't, I don't, I don't like change at all. And that would have been so simple. And I would have so, totally gone for that. But I also wouldn't have a channel anymore, probably. <laughs> so. Hey, I mean, me. maybe she identifies as Asian. <laughs> no, not, not nowhere. There's nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm an Filipino. Right. Do you have any other part of your identity that just rhymes with Cajun? No, just the raging, and that was already there. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I, my, my ancestry goes back to the Visigoths. So yeah, it, it, it no. doesn't rhyme. No. No. By the way, is there any Cajun that's not raging? No. No, you're all raging. We're, we're, we're all angry. Yeah, it's the heat. It's the heat. Yeah, it, it's the heat and the humidity. Yeah. Or Sajin, what if she's spiritual and she sages a lot? <laughs> no, that, 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 no, that, no, that wouldn't work either. <laughs> 
So uh, how many different names did you names? <laughs> how many different names did you go through for one. yourself? Just one. That was it. One. That was it. <laughs> it. That it was. It was. That was it. Um, well, no, I think we might have had one or two, but it was like within within moments of having the conversation. It was just like, okay, keep it simple. Rage into. And everything that we do is dedicated to the life and memory of Meredith Lauren. Have you ever thought about giving it like a subtext of, or a, uh, an add on onto the, onto the name rage into rage harder. <laughs> Something it, like that. It thought about it, but it was just like, man, we just stuck with rage into all things nerdy and sometimes a little dirty. I don't know. They see that you did, you did it then you gotta, you know, Raging 2, of course, is a sequel. You have to have something extra. What, like Electric Boogaloo? Hmm. That's yeah, exactly yeah, like... the thought process. That, that was exactly, exactly the, process. the thought process yeah. That, yeah, like... that I had. Yeah, because it's like I, I wanted to take some of that heavy mental lifting off of her with the rebranding. And I go, yeah. look, let's keep it simple. But also, it's like, I, I, look, it's like we named it 2 because it's a sequel right <laughs> we're like, gonna be a sequel but you know how sequels are never as good as the original yeah you know, i like, mean it was it, it was like like that so yes it was like electric like honestly the the original name that i had thrown out there was something like electric yeah, it, boogaloo or something i it forgot was. and and then, and then it was just like it, it i don't know it just felt natural to just be a little silly and kind of get ourselves through that and then we settled in on just rage into and, and left it at that <laughs> i said just take a look at like you know the fast and furious franchise everything is slightly different you know fast and furious too fast too furious fast and furious tokyo drift it gets just you know just a slight change but you always know it's a fast and furious movie fate of the furious the fast fast and furious yeah you could do that just thought just so thought. jen you got a uh, question for anita yeah so what would you say are your top three tips for helping comic book creators to promote themselves? Social media presence is extremely important on multiple platforms, but you will quickly find which one gets you the most engagement. And that's where you need to put your most effort. So that would Mm be one. Um, Don't, I can't say that. Don't be a jerk. Um, you say don't be a jerk? Yeah, well, that, yeah, you can say that. I, I wasn't going to say jerk. She was um, going to say fire, B-I-T. <laughs> you yeah, know. D- yeah d- d- don't be a jerk. Um, you know, uh, when do do the podcast. Go on the interviews. It's important because mm. every, every podcast you go on, no matter how small their audience is, there's going to be at least at least one other person over there that might like mm-hmm. your stuff that you can, that's never heard of you before. So mm-hmm. don't, don't pass on that opportunity. And, and uh, hence you're on the show today and, and fulfill, <laughs> fulfill, fulfill, fulfill. Like, always fulfill. So keep always your promises. Do what you said. Okay. Always do what you're going to say. If you, if, if, if you're, if it's not your very first rodeo, uh, you better have a, a an honorable history of fulfillment. Like if I ordered something from you, I expect mm. to get it. What about like incentives? Isn't that insane? Isn't that insane? Um, incentives are can be a good thing, but I don't mean like to I mean, the audience. Maybe like, oh, if you comment on this, or if you, I don't know, maybe something to get them to post about it, like post a picture with the book and 
then they'll do something. I don't know. I'm... I mean, in, it, to me, I don't know. I, I don't really think incentives are always necessary, but they, they can sometimes make things fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I like stretch goal incentives when, when they play them like a game, like revealing them slowly. Like when we get here, we're going to unlock this and then we're going to show you what it is and okay. think within the campaign, but yeah. So no bribing then. <laughs> it, it, works, it works for Congress. It, no, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, so I've I've seen people do it, and it might work for some. It's not something I would like recommend. <laughs> I would I would uh, call it more gamifying the process. Yeah, gamifying the process. <laughs> I would. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it, you're you're giving you're giving an it is a type of incentive for for people to back a campaign. Uh, but you're doing it in a way where it's kind of like you're chasing, you know, the Sonic, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog rings. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, you got a that. question for Nita? I felt that the chasing of the Sonic rings, and then suddenly getting <laughs> hit by a spike, and, and you lose lose all the rings. No, I have no questions at this time, sir. I know Jen has a slew of questions. So, Jen, what do you got? Um, what's your favorite? to promote or maybe like top one two three comics that you really feel passionate about promoting and think that the world needs to see right now i absolutely and this is this is going to sound like a total simp fest because she's with me (laughs) i i have absolutely always loved jd calderon and daphne lage's tall tales yeah it's so likable I, I love it, and I just I want more eyes on that project. It's always my favorite. Just the, the, how I ended up with Daphne is insane. Anyway, uh, just but yeah, uh, yeah. Tall Tales, Tall Tales is currently my favorite independent comic. Well, on the flip side of that, because you are a promotional machine, has mm-hmm. there ever been a situation where you were asked to promote something that you did not a hundred percent did not like or follow? absolutely all the time? Uh, and why all didn't you like it? Uh, well, okay, for me, uh, one, and this always gets me like snarled at, I am not a fan of superhero comics uh, okay. whatsoever, but I have no problem promoting someone it, it, because it, to me, while, while it's, not, it's not always about the product being targeted to me, it's about the people who, whose eyes do need to be on said person's project. Um, like I will... Now, there are people I won't back because they're a jerk or, 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 you know, support for that. But any creative, it, they deserve, you know, they're putting that they're putting their blood, sweat and tears into this. And I really want to support the people. Wow. So provided that a person is not a jerk, but if they present to you something that is just unforgivably hard, yeah. you used to be like, yeah, still promote it. Okay, here's the deal. I will let you come on my network and let people view you on the shows and stuff to see if maybe there's somebody out there that's into your thing, whether it's, mm-hmm. whether it's for me or not, that it's up to them once, but I'll let you show it and they can see it. However, I will not do pay promotion for them because I will not take money from someone that I do not feel I'm giving my, my best and my all to. So for uh, me, very, my, uh, get it done. My my thing was I personally would never read a script um, that had to do with ninjas. Oh, why? 
because they were always terrible. <laughs> and yeah. it was always, when, whenever anyone like came to me, like, I have a script I want you to read. It's, it's about this ninja. And I'm like, uh-huh. No, no I'm just good. Hand what it off to another ninja? editor. He handed it off to another editor. You didn't just go, this is crap and throw it away. You didn't do that. You passed it on to someone else. I've never told anyone to their face that something was crap. I never did that. But what I would tell them is like, all right, can can you distill this down to six words? And if they couldn't distill it down to six words, I said, you need to be working on your pitch. The worst I've ever said is, please don't ask me this live. (laughs) <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one but yeah ninjas in particular if if someone came to me with a script about ninjas I was, and we put out ninja comics in the past i'm just like i cannot and will not work on a ninja because it's always bad in my opinion it was always a bad story so there's got to be something that you're just like the moment i guess superheroes for you that it's like the moment someone comes to you with something for about superheroes like i'll help you but i ain't gonna like it <laughs> but i'll help you <laughs> Jen, what's next on your list? Um, Okay, so this is just, okay, there's a lot of talk about body positivity. There was this first illustrated thing with a plus size model. And Where did that come from? Who was talking about this? Let's see what she got. Wait, wait, she got it. Wait. I like like it because she always goes, she always gets there. The journey, the destination will get there. She always gets there. It's sometimes bumpy and you're barely live at the end of it, but you get there. I saw someone had tweeted, commented, there was a very fit looking girl and they said, this is bad because it's promoting like unrealistic standards. So for me, um, I mean, I don't really care either way personally, but I see there's a lot of backlash about, you know, posting things and sharing things with unrealistic body types. And now comic books uh, are full of on these unattainable body types, unless you're going to get surgery that I mean, right, and for, for sure. men, for women and for men. So do you, as a promoter, do you have any thoughts about these comic illustrations uh, causing people to have body issues? If you have body issues, it goes far deeper than a beautifully, overly busty woman on a piece of paper. Mm. They're like, I'll never be like her unless I go to Dr. Cohen. No, you won't because it's a a freaking fantasy. It's made Mm. up. It's it's their lines. Their lives don't even matter. They're drawn. Like, Mm. it just, I don't like. (laughs) Have you heard? Have you heard any backlash about about this promoting like eating disorders, cartoons uh, creating eating disorders? Per- personally, no, but I have heard stories of people can, being confronted about it. And it's just like, you know, it, 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 I'm sorry for you if if mm. you, you feel that way. Like, but there are some women that are more reasonably figured throughout comics. Now, the the huge busty woman with the waist this big, that's not my bag, but I love Julie Winters from the Max. She's got her little pot jelly and her dimply booty and hmm. reasonably sized breast. You know, th- those women are out there. Is If it's not your bag, don't, you know, just. I just wonder, my last thought, I'll let someone talk. But the last time I went to Comic-Con, they're just oversized sorry but obese versions of a lot of the comics that's what comic-con is to me it's like you want to see an obese uh mr freeze sure you want to see obese go to a comic-con sure and it's like Mm. you know it's got to be sad when you know the standard american diet which pretty much promotes high blood pressure and diabetes and obesity or at least being overweight is you're if your parents are giving you the American diet, these kids are not going to be able to fit into these comic book costumes. They're never going to look like these people. So it's just, just a thought of mine. It's like, yeah. I mean, I have nothing against it again, but it's just interesting. The real life is, is so different. 
So before we get to the social media portion, I, this does remind me of a story when we used to cover conventions. Well, we still do. But uh, I remember back in the old days when we were on the air, um, there were always like certain uh, staples whenever we used to go to certain conventions. And we were always looking for overweight Spider-Man. And if you, you know it's a convention when you have overweight Spider-Man there. That's just how that it is. True. It's just that one of true. those things. You, you, you're going to find one. Hmm. So it yeah. is social media time. So Nita, oh. what can people find out more about you and the company? Uh, you can find us on Facebook. I have the Raging Indie Comics promotions page, which is free for everybody to hop on and share their stuff. Um, you can find us on YouTube uh, at, I think it's a crud. I don't know. There's a link. I'm sure you'll post it for me. <laughs> uh, uh, and on Twitter, I am at C underscore chaos 247. That's like and pretty much everywhere I'm at C underscore chaos or drop the at in or need a landing on Facebook. And you also do your own uh, shows, right? What, what days, Uh, what times? On Mondays and Fridays, Daphne and I do a vlog at 11 PM Eastern, where we talk about the marketing side of crowdfunding mostly. Do you find that there cannot be enough talk of marketing side of absolutely not because nobody listens so we got to keep on keep on until they get it (laughs) i'm sorry what were you saying i wasn't listening exactly (laughs) keep on keeping on and there's always going to be the newcomer that's going to be so riddled with the bad advice that people give like uh the last was it the last episode we did where we went over the the crowdfunding oh yeah that has like 30 freaking rules to crowdfunding and it's like at the end of it i was so frustrated it's like no there's like there's like seven or eight things okay right yeah yeah it was it was it was excessive it was excessive and it was mostly like fluff it's what you it, it was it was like it's advice you give to somebody who's just starting but you don't know what to tell them so you just tell them anything just so that they feel like they're doing something but no your your campaign is not going to improve over a pie chart so wait are you telling me that they should not run up and down the street naked with the exception of a sandwich board screaming about their project well that wasn't so (laughs) so that means they can do it sure why not you'll definitely get noticed But will they pledge? That's a good question. Probably just to get rid of you. <laughs> so what is the, I guess, what is the one tip you can you can give to people right now about crowdfunding? What is the biggest one tip? Do not come out of the box expecting people to get, like, if, if you are unheard of, do not come out of the box with a 10K crowdfund. That is like the number one mistake. For some reason, everybody seems to think the 10K looks like a good rounded number. And you see so many first timers come out with that, come up with that number. And then it's like, what are we going to give you all this money for? An evening with me in the city. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, like, I guess she's not going to go for our 10K Patreon. <laughs> that is true. We, we actually had that on our Patreon page for $10,000. You can get an evening with our very own Dominic Definition Man's Prano. It takes you all the best <laughs> comic book stores uh, in the city. and um, Bars, uh, too. Bars. That was it. Bars and comic book stores. $10,000. $10,000. Nice. $10,000 nice is supposed to get an evening with Jen, but I think she retracted. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's still there. We still got it. She's just it's not promoting up. it. She's, She's just, yeah, okay. Um, so we're almost out of time. So we got final thoughts. So let's start with uh, Elman Jenny Feld. Do you have a final thought for us? 
Um, just thanks for promoting artwork. We need people who promote. We need someone to teach people how to promote because being an artist doesn't always come with the business sense. So I'm sure a lot of people appreciate you. So good karma to you. Thank you. Dominic, final thought? If they're raging, they must be Cajun. (laughs) (laughs) Or Asian. (laughs) Or Asian. I've met many Asian people. None of them are ever raging. (laughs) One. I know one. But he was he must, half be a, Asian. must have been born in America. He was half. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Daphne, have any final thoughts? Uh, nobody is going to be the loudest cheerleader for your stuff, but you. So even if you do hire Nita or anybody to promote your work, you still have to do the work to, to promote it. Right. It, this is not, de- you're not delegating. You're just doubling your efforts. Oh, okay. Nita, final thought. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> that is you hear that, Lou Ferrigno? <laughs> My final thought is this. Um, Nita, it's a pleasure to actually speak with you in, uh, in virtually, uh, having a guest on the show. Thank you for coming in at the last minute for our uh, scheduled guest, um, which is Michael Gracia. Uh, he uh, has a scheduled surgery, so best wishes to him. Um, also, I want to say that I did manage to speak to Meredith uh, shortly before she passed away, and you are doing her justice on everything she's done. She was a very nice person. And just the few interactions I've had with her, you're carrying on the legacy very, very much. So thank you for that. Um, so that's about it for this week on the Came From Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. Thank you. <laughs> Go to our website, www.camefromradio.com. Listen to our archive group any week or so. Um, our next live show, courtesy of the East Metal Public Library, that's www.eastmetal.info, will be on July the 13th with our comic creator, Christian S. Aluas. Um, so that, that, we're going to see you next time. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.